Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope, and I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. Good evening, everyone. And good evening to everyone online as well. Hey, mum and dad, who are definitely watching. They're going to love that. They're going to love that later. Um, guys, as Al mentioned, my name's Kaz. Um, I head up the worship here, which basically means I get a chance to hang out with all the fun people on stage. Can we just give it up for those guys? They're amazing. All the musicians. They're incredible. They all literally, like, rock up here, like, hours, uh, hours before you guys arrive to, like, create a space of worship to, like, pray for you guys, to, like, big up you guys. They're amazing. Um, I'm going to be continuing on our series today called Jesus Acts. Say it with me. Jesus Acts. So basically, we look at the particular words spoken by Jesus in the book of Acts, funnily enough. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to have to like just do a bit of disclaimer here. Often when I look at the Bible, when I think about the Bible, I kind of reminisce to the like Sunday school days of like Jonah in the Well, or as a classic or like Daniel in the lion's den, or maybe even like Jesus feeding the 5,000. And often I can approach this book like a history book. I can approach it and think, cool, this book has a bunch of really cool stories that happened a really, really long time ago. Great. But actually, the more and more I've opened this book, the more and more I've begun to dive into it, the more I've realized that that's actually not the case. This book speaks to you and me today. This book has power to transform our lives. So I want to just encourage us as we dive into the um, passage today to kind of like maybe take off your old glasses that you've used to read the Bible before and put on a fresh pair of glasses that basically say, this book can change my life. This book can speak into my situation today at 6.50 on a Sunday night on the 29th of January, 2023. This book has relevance in my life. Amen. Come on, all right. So we're going to dive into our passage. It's um, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. And just before we dive in, some context. Jesus has just risen from the dead. Spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't got to that part of the Bible yet. And um, basically, he's just risen from the dead, and he's just been hanging out with the disciples for the last, like, 40 days. Basically, kind of getting geared up to um, build the church, geared up to tell people about Jesus. And this book is actually written by one of his disciples called Luke, who also wrote the book of Luke. And so this is sort of the opening passage of Acts, and we're going to read it together. So here we go. Verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, thank you. I wrote all about what Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, and it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. No pressure. And then he says, and then he said, when, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. When they were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, 
Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Amen. Amen. So, a bit about me. Um, for those who don't know, I'm married to a lovely guy called Robin. He was also part of the team here at Saint. He's actually a, um, some wolf whistles there because he's very good looking. And, um, and he, um, and uh, I've lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, I'm thinking about my husband, sorry. Um, no, um, and he is vicar in the Church of England and he's also um, part of our West Town location, so that's where we're based. And um, one of the fun facts about Robin is that he is an avid dog person. Okay, he's that person in the park that will make a beeline when he sees a dog that he likes and he will literally go across the park to go say hello to it. Anyone else like that? Anyone you're like, you literally love dogs. Okay, cool. And like, no word of a lie, I'm going to speak to you with truth today and honesty because it's important that I do that. There was the, the other day, we were literally in the car and he pulled over and got out of the car so he could go say hello to a dog. Like, this is how intense the love of dogs that he has. And I knew that when I married him that I was like locking myself into a marriage where it was never a like if we get a dog, it was when we get a dog sort of conversation, okay? And so, the moment comes, we're having the conversation, and it's like, should we get a dog? Okay, it's probably about time we do. So, in September last year, we bought Henry, who's in a car from the screen. Now, do not let the cuteness deceive you, okay? I'm just going to say that now. I know he's a lovely dog. I know he looks great. And, um, but just to give you some kind of like idea as to how big, this, this is a dog at six weeks old, okay? Just, just, yeah, no, just for you to understand how big this dog is going to get, this is a photo four months on from this photo. <laughs> he looks so miserable, doesn't he? He's actually genuinely quite a happy dog. Um, and you can see the state of our floor as well. Like the difference <laughs> is that the parallel is quite extraordinary, actually. And, um, and when we, he's 45 kilograms. I weighed him yesterday, 45 kilograms of pure like fluff and slobber and a lot of love. Um, and when we, got, when we began to get to know him and as he began to grow, I really began to realize, oh my gosh, I really need to train my dog. Okay, because this isn't like a cute little dog where they can like run up towards you and jump up at you and it's all like, oh, it's quite sweet and you kind of like brush them off. This dog, if he runs up and jumps up at you, you are hitting the deck. Okay, so this dog is a big boy and he's, he is so bad. He's began to learn that if I begin to drag him by his collar and I take him to where he doesn't want to go, he'll just lie down in protest and I physically cannot pick up 45 kilograms. So like we began to realize, okay, we need to train our dog. And so I did what any self-respecting dog owner does, I went on YouTube, and I YouTubed best training tips by the best dog trainers. And I began to realize over and over again that the dog trainers kept on saying the same thing. They kept on saying, you don't just want to teach your dog commands so that they do what you want them to do and they stay out of harm's way. You want to teach your dog's commands because it builds your relationship with them so that they look up to you for guidance and leadership. And they kept on saying this. And, and this is pretty much the same with every relationship, right? Like in some ways, like the same with like parents and kids. You watch parents like give their kids commands, like don't eat that, don't run into that. You're going to hurt yourself. But not only does it do that, the kid begins to trust the person and what they're saying. And this is the same with our relationship with Jesus. You see, I was really struck by this when I heard this on YouTube. Because Jesus gives commands in the Bible, not just so we can live the best way possible for him, but also so we can strengthen our relationship with him. And through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we can look to him for what we need. We look up to him for guidance, don't we? We look up to him for leadership to show us the way. So on that note, today we are going to talk about consecration. 
And consecration is basically this. It's the act of dedicating yourself to the service and worship of God. And this passage we've just read basically is the is the call of consecration that the disciples are given by Jesus, that through following his commands and through the baptism of Holy Spirit, they can be consecrated to go out and make a difference. And as I said from the start, this isn't just a call that happened 2,000 years ago. This is very much yours and mine call today, to be baptized by the Holy Spirit and to listen to what Jesus has to say so that we can build our relationship with him and we can go out into the broken world and make a difference. Amen? Okay, so the three commandments that Jesus says in this passage that have really struck me, and we're going to go through them together, are these. Number one, wait for me. Jesus says, wait for me. Number two, he says, trust in me. And number three, he says, receive from me. So let's look at the first one together. Wait for me. Verse four, it says this. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised. Now, I want to give us just a little moment to like put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples, okay? So these disciples have just gone through a pretty hefty few months. Their leader has literally just died, and like, they've watched him die on the cross. He's been buried, and now he's been like resurrected again. And, the, and like, during the time when he was buried, they probably thought, oh my goodness, this is the end. Like, I've been living for nothing. This is all a lie. What do I do? And then three days later, here he comes. Oh my goodness, it's Jesus. Yes, I knew it. I knew you were alive. I knew you said you were... And now they're having dinner with Jesus and it's probably having like, they're probably having this little moment where like, you know, you're like, your life just begins to align. They're probably thinking, oh, we're here. We're in this moment. We're with Jesus again. He is who he said he is. And we're eating together. Like, what a great, great day. And then Jesus says this. He says, guys, I don't want you to go anywhere. I just want you to wait. Don't leave Jerusalem. I want you to wait for my spirit. And I can imagine the two different responses at the dinner table with these disciples. Half the room are probably going, why would I wait? I've literally just found out that you've risen from the dead. You are who you said you are. And now you're telling me to sit around for a few days. And you haven't really quite given us how many days, just a few days until we're ready to go out. I want to go and tell everyone now. I want to go and tell my neighbor who thinks I'm an idiot that actually this is all true. I want, I've got so many I told you so's to get off my chest. And then you can imagine the other half of the room, probably a little bit more quietly, thinking, oh, thank goodness, I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready. I don't think I even believe in this stuff anymore. I need to like figure it all out. I need a bit of a, like the internal process of the room. I'm probably thinking, I need some space. I need some time to think about it. And within those two little responses, I'm reminded of later on in the passage in Acts, when you read on, it talks about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples. It says, all the disciples were together and they were all filled. So the believers were filled. The doubters were filled. All the disciples were filled. Jesus promises that his spirit will come and fill them, even in a, literally in the moment of them just waiting. So I want to basically encourage you, if you're at church today and you're not really sure you believe in any of this stuff, if you're here and you're not quite sure, you're just figuring it out as you go along, or you're here and you're like, can't wait to get out the door and tell everyone I know at work in the morning about Jesus, good for you, but the, but the consensus stays the same. Jesus calls us to wait. He calls us to wait. And I find that waiting can be quite a tricky task sometimes. I'm a bit of an impatient person. I'm sure some of us are here today. But there's a, a great author called Henry Nguyen um, that says this about waiting. He says, a day brings many ripples, but it's only in the stillness we see our reflection reminding ourselves of God." reminding ourselves who God is calling us to be. 
And I love this. It shows the power of waiting. It shows the power of stillness. That life comes with so many different waves. Life comes and it, and it completely like rocks the waters. But only in the waiting, when we wait for the water to be still, we then can see our reflection again and we can see what we are called to do. So that's our first commandment. Jesus calls us to wait. Now, when we're asked to wait, in default, we are asked to trust. So the next commandment is this, trust in me. And when I was reading this passage, I was really curious as to why Jesus didn't give his Holy Spirit there and then. I'm, I'm really curious to know why he said, in the passage it says this, he says, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now these disciples have literally just waited three whole days to the resurrection, and now they're being asked to wait a few extra more days before the Holy Spirit comes. And while I was trying to understand why Jesus would have said this, I began to realize what we were saying earlier. He's not just interested in then going and telling everyone about him. He is way more interested in the relationship that he is building with his disciples. And each time that he shows up, he is reminding them again and again of his faithfulness. And for me, who has gone through, I've gone through so many seasons in my life and my seasons of walk with the Lord where he's gone silent on me. And right now, there might be a few of us in the room right now that are going through a season of silence with God. And it's so easy for us to be so discouraged by the silence. You know, like, have I gone on the wrong track? Like, what have I been doing? I'm reading my Bible and doing all the things I should be doing. And you begin to be so discouraged. But I want to encourage you, take this not as a discouragement, but an opportunity to wait and trust on God. Take it as an opportunity to deepen and strengthen your relationship with him. Because in the waiting, trust begins to grow. As Christians, we are often called to live in the tension of we know what has been, we know what's now, and we know what is to come. And we're standing here in the tension of it all. I wonder whether there's some of us here today that like we've had a promise from God, you know, we like promise for healing, promise for a family member or a close friend to come to know Jesus. And we're waiting in the tension right now of being like, Lord, you haven't given it to me yet, but I'm going to wait and trust in you. And I can really feel the frustration in the disciples because later on in the passage, the disciples begin to ask him the question. They say, Lord, well, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And God just says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. And I can really relate to this because I don't know about you guys, I love a plan. Anyone here like love a plan? Okay, cool. I'm like that person, like Paul Robin, honestly. I like, we had, a, we had a day off the other day, okay? And the day before the day off, we were like, oh my gosh, you know, you click on your calendar and there's nothing in there. And you're like, yes, oh my gosh, we're gonna do nothing all day. We're gonna like chill out in our PJs. It's gonna be a really chill day. Maybe train the dog, maybe, obviously. But obviously, mainly just like chill out. And it got to the night before the day off and it, we were getting ready for bed. And I was like, so what's the plan tomorrow? And Rob's like, do you not understand the point of a day off is that it's a day off, we don't make any plans. And I was like, yeah, no, of course, of course. But what time are we setting our alarms? Just so I, just so I know, because you know, I need to figure out when we're going to feed the dog and go for a walk, and then when we're going to have breakfast, and we're going to wait for our food to go down, and go for a run maybe, and then maybe do this. And I love a plan. And the disciples, all they're doing is asking, Lord, when are you going to come back? That's all we want to know. Have you got a vague figure? Have you got a rough idea? Can I get a pencil maybe and just put it in the diary just so I have an idea? And Jesus says, the one thing he just says, it's not for you to know the times or dates that your father has set by his own authority. And what Jesus is really saying in those words, he just says, do you trust me? 
And he's saying that to us today. Do you trust me? In this whole world of unknown, the disciples are about to walk into, all they have left to do is to trust. They let go of their agendas. They let go of their fear and their doubt, and they just have to trust. And a bit later on, we're going to take communion. And there's my favorite bit of Anglican liturgy, if there ever was one. Um, And it says this in the communion. It says, great is the mystery of faith. And I cling on to that every time that I'm struggling with God, when I feel like I'm in a a season of silence, because I'm like, Lord, there are bits of this faith I'm never going to understand until I come to heaven and and meet you. So for now, I'm going to stand in the tension. I'm going to stand in the waiting, and I'm going to trust in you. So that's the second one. And then the third commandment Jesus gives us is this, receive from me. This is the best bit, okay? If you take anything away from tonight, this is the best one. Receive from me. Jesus says this in verse eight, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus doesn't just say, off you go, good luck, let me know how you get on. He doesn't say, you know, like, let me know, you know, kind of like, keep in contact, but like, you're off now. He basically says, you will receive the power and you will be my witnesses. We are not called to do this life on our own, guys. We're not called to do it with our own strength. We're not called to do it with our own wisdom, with our own spirituality, whatever that may be. We are called to do it being filled by the Holy Spirit. And I want us, guys, to take complete advantage of the fact that we have a weekly touch point with the Holy Spirit on a Sunday, okay? I want us to take complete advantage of that. I'm, I often, I'm up here leading worship with a guitar, and um, we'll get to the point at the end of the sermon, and Al or whoever's speaking will be like, if you want to be filled by the Holy Spirit, why don't you come? And like three people show up. And I'm always stood there like, oh my goodness, if I had the opportunity to come up and receive from the Holy Spirit, I'm running to the front. And often it would be like, anyone here with a bad back? And I'll be like, yeah, sure, I have a bad back. I cycle all the time, I've got a heavy backpack, I'll come. Do you know what I mean? Like, but we need to take advantage of the fact that we have a weekly touch point. Even more, if you've got a connect group, if you're part of Alpha, there are weekly touch points where you get to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that mad? Is anyone else like just totally blown away by that? Like, take advantage. Tonight, we're going to get a moment to wait on him and we're going to get a chance to be filled. And you don't need to feel anything in order to come forward. You just come forward. Be selfish. Like, there is an amazing team here that are willingly, happily pray for you that you'll be filled by the Holy Spirit. And the second thing, and the last thing I just want to say on this is that um, Jesus talks not just about being filled with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't talk about being touched. He doesn't talk about being blessed. He says, be baptized. Okay, so we need to remember this, that the disciples would have had a full understanding of what baptism is, okay? They would have pictured, probably what you picture, walking into this massive lake or massive sea, waist deep, and literally being fully submerged in the water. So Jesus was very considered when he used this word, when he said, be baptized by the Holy Spirit, okay? And what he means by that is that this isn't just a heart thing, This isn't just a mind thing. This isn't just an emotions thing. This isn't just a fuzzy feeling you get on a Sunday night. This is a full baptism of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is left untouched by him, okay? This is what we are called to to hunger for and look for. This baptism signifies our whole entire beings. 
When we come here on a Sunday, we are not searching, we are finding, because the Holy Spirit is always here. And he wants to meet with you. And all you and me need to do is literally wait and trust. That's all he asks us to do. All he says to us is, wait on me, trust in me, receive from me, and then you can go. And then you can go and tell people about me. But please don't do the other way around. You're going to get burnt out. Don't do the way around. It's not going to work. You're going to end up using your own words, and it's just not going to be very good. But if you wait on me, and you trust in me, and you receive from me, then we can go together. Amen? Let's just take a moment. We'll, we'll stay sitting for a bit. And let's just take a moment to literally do that. Let's just take a moment to wait on God. And we'll take a moment in, in a bit to take communion. But just, just, just really sense, actually, just that God wanted us just in this moment just to wait as those words ring in our mind. Don't need to strive. Don't need to pray any prayers in your heart. You don't need to think any good thoughts. All you need to do right now is just wait. So let's just wait on him now. sense that maybe there's people in the room right now that are just saying, Lord, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin with this. And I just sense them just saying the same thing. Wait on me and trust in me. So Lord, we just commit to you again. We give our lives over to you. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you are moving in us. Would you continue just to meet with us now, Lord? Continue your, your work you're beginning to do in our hearts right now, Lord. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more ways of connecting or if you want to support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.